0: Thank you, Father God. Oh, Lord, we praise you this morning. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that you do change us from the inside out. And Lord, when we allow you to, to, to fill our hearts, to fill us up with your spirit, and Lord, we begin to renew our mind by your word and through your spirit, Lord, things begin to fall in place. And I thank you this morning for the opportunity to be here to worship you, Lord. And to worship you from the inside out. Lord, it's not about what's on the outside. It's about what's on the inside. It's about the heart. It's about having a heart for you. And we thank you for that this morning. Lord, we praise you and give you glory and honor. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for our brother that's coming this morning to speak to us. Lord, we thank you for the, the anointing upon his life and anointing upon the word. We thank you, Lord Jesus, that our hearts are open to hear your word this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I'm excited about what God has in store for us. Those of you who got to come to our um, marriage seminar this weekend, it was awesome if you missed it. I'm sorry you missed it. But I think we're going to do it again. And, you know, You know what's really amazing, too? It's how God works. Because Caleb didn't know, Caleb didn't know what, what Brother Rod, Pastor Rod was going to speak on this morning. And this song just, I mean, I was like, wow. (laughs) God's so good. So I want to introduce Rod to you. Rod uh, and I have known each other for a long time. And he was telling me that, 21 years ago, he was in this church, and I didn't know it when Jack Frost was here. You remember Jack Frost? Some of a couple of you do. And um, I didn't realize he was here, but he and I serve on the board of directors for Evangelical Fellowship International together. And um, he and Char are great. They've been a a great blessing to us today and this morning, this whole weekend. And so I'm looking forward to what God has to share with us. So come on, brother. And he's going to share... The word with us and you just have a receptive heart amen, amen.
1: Uh, There we go. And I want you to know something. They're a blessing to this community. They're a blessing to the kingdom. And it's not often... Because my wife and I, we get to travel around the world. Thank the Lord. That's, That's a wonderful opportunity. And so we get to see lots of people and do lots of things. But let me tell you something that is... Being lost in the body of Christ. Family connection. The opportunity to be with a group of people that you know, that feel your heart. And that's what I appreciate about uh, Bill and Peggy is that they offer themselves. They are simple, loving, kind people. And that's important in the kingdom right now and you need to take advantage of that every opportunity and so I just want to tell you that I'm grateful for them and who they are and I'm grateful to be in your midst this morning and so I've asked uh, Kayla to stay up here because I want him to um, pick here in just a second you can go back to that last course and you can just pick and um, but before you do I need to prophesy to you okay and so Uh, When you were playing, Caleb, uh, all I could think of was, here's this guy that's got this country James Taylor, and uh, you've got such a sweet voice, but let me tell you, you've got a sweeter heart, okay, and so this is what I hear the Lord saying to you, okay, the Lord would say to you, son, just like I said to my own son in Luke 3.22, when I told him that I was well pleased, because he's my beloved son. Caleb, I'm saying to you, my son, that I am well pleased with you because I have seen your heart and I've seen your hunger. And I want to call you up. I want to push you up because there is a psalmist deep inside of you. There are songs deep inside of you that need to come up and come out because they have a tender, sweet representation of my heart that I want the body of Christ to hear. And so, my son, write the songs, sing the songs, because you are the song. And so, Father, we just bless Caleb. We thank you for him. We thank you for his sweet, his tender, his kind spirit. And I thank you, Father, that he has a hunger to represent you and to bless the kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen. You receive that, brother? Amen. So you can play now. I always make my congregation nervous when I have this moment because I like just to be still for a moment and uh, let the Holy Spirit be who he is. You know, he'll do more in a second than I could do in ten years. And so here's what we're going to do, just for a second, and then I'm going to preach to you. I want you to close your eyes for me. And I want you to settle into that place that you find rest. Whether it's on the back porch, sitting by the lake, going to the mountains, riding your horse, your bicycle, your motorcycle. Maybe it's standing in your field. Go to your place. Holy Spirit, I just ask right now that you would settle over each person, that you would give them peace and rest, that whatever they're facing, whatever struggles they're in, They would know right now, right here, that you're with them. They hear you calling their name and they know that they're not alone. They sense your nearness. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would just give them an answer for that relationship. That financial decision, for that job decision, for that concern for a child, for that concern for a grandchild. I even hear someone that's got a concern for a great grandchild. You're the good shepherd lead us. You guide us. You protect us. So bless in this moment right now, Father. This is your time, Holy Spirit. Do your work. Minister to our hearts. Encourage us. Lift us up. Father, I thank you for the opportunity to be among these sweet people. I thank you that you brought me and my sweet wife to this moment. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would use me, that I would be your vessel, that I would be your mouthpiece, and that you would release through me the word in season for this congregation to bless this family of believers, to lift them up, and to encourage them. In Jesus' wonderful name we pray. Amen. Thank you, Caleb. You're blessing. If you have your Bibles, you can turn to the book of Acts. We'll look in just a second. Before we do, I want to introduce uh, the better part of me, my sweet wife of 42 years, seven children, and almost ten grandchildren. My sweet wife Char. Char, would you stand up, darling? She's the better part. I'm glad you're here this morning. Come on now, I hope you're here, that you're glad that you're here. We're here together. This is a sweet time. I love being around sweet people. I love this part of the country. Uh, We started our ministry in Wilkesboro, North Carolina, and so we're kind of familiar. Things have kind of grown a little bit since we were in Wilkesboro, though. We're talking 1983 to 85. That's a long time ago. But we're glad to be here with you this song that we sang this last song that caleb sang for us and he and tiffany and the worship team sang for us there was a line in it that said this it is the desire of my heart to what bring you praise is that what it said caleb the desire of my heart is to bring you praise only you know if that is the cry of your heart. Is that really the cry of your heart? I don't believe that you would be here on this morning if it wasn't. I want to believe that you're not a group of people that just do religious calisthenics. I believe that you're a group of people that have a hunger to know the things of God. And so that's where we're going to start this morning in Acts, the 11th chapter, in the 23rd verse. I love the Passion Translation. So listen to what it says. When he got there and witnessed for himself God's marvelous grace, he was enthused and overjoyed. Does it keep going? There we go. He encouraged the believers to remain faithful and to cling to the Lord, here it is, with passionate hearts. With passionate hearts. Barnabas was wanting to encourage these people to have a passionate heart. Now let me tell you something I've learned in almost 50 years of following Jesus. To stay connected to Jesus is easier with a passionate heart. Without it, let me tell you what this thing called Christianity is. It is a lot of religious calisthenics. It's a lot of hard work it's no fun and it seems like a struggle and hopefully that's not who you are this morning but now if you have passion this thing called Christianity is a life of adventure it is fun it is challenging and I'll tell you what it can be exciting at times and I'm not saying that it's always good I'm just saying that it can be exciting how many of you know that when you face a difficulty but you know, God's in the middle of it. It may not be fun, but it can be exciting. I don't think all of y'all believe that. This is not one of our passages. James, the first chapter, I think verses two through four, out of the Passion Translation, it says that when you face difficulties, see them as an opportunity for growth, an opportunity so here's what I know, just because we're people, you may be in this room this morning and you're in the midst of a challenge and you may be looking at me and you say, Rod, I don't know if it's an opportunity for growth. It feels like an opportunity for crushing, for defeat, for struggle. But what if you have to die in order to live? Would that sound like Christianity? That you've got to die to live? I believe that it would. And so I want to encourage you because I do feel several of you are right in the midst of a situation and you're thinking, God, I could use some help. Well, I want to talk to you how to push through that this morning. I want to talk to you about having a passionate, filled heart. So here's the first thing. What do we talk about when we talk about passion? An ardent affection, an ardent affection or an intense conviction. So it can be this emotion, which is not what I want to focus on, or it can be this conviction. That would be more of my interest. Are you able to look at a situation and say, I'm gonna do this, come hell or high water? What in your life is that way? What is it that you think? I am not gonna let anything stop me regardless of what anybody says, no matter what's going on, I'm gonna push through this thing. I want that to be our Christianity. Because if you're like me, the last two and a half years in our world, and especially in America, we've seen a lot of people who've let the outside world affect their heart. And that's made me wonder how many people were passionate for Jesus and how many people were just doing religious calisthenics. Because here's what I know religious calisthenics will make you weary and tired, and when things really pile up, you'll just quit. You know how I know that? This is now get ready for a little rudeness here. I tell my folks back home, get the forgiveness flowing before I say this. I love to work out. I've done it my whole life. And those January and Februaries of every year in the gym, we see all those people come pouring in that are going to start out the new year and they're going to exercise And all of us guys that have been there a long time, we just say, oh, we'll be glad when March shows up. (laughs) How many people do you know that when somebody kind of gets on fire for God, they say, well, let's just see when their March shows up because that will wear off. Isn't it sad that people in the world look at us sometimes in the church and that's how they view us? They don't see us with passionate hearts. They don't see us with intense conviction. So here's the question you need to be asking me. Rod, how do I stay passionate? It would be a good question. It would be a good question. Chad, are you asking me that question? All right, thank you. I appreciate it. So let's answer Chad's question with 2 Timothy 1.6 therefore I remind you to stir up the gift which is in you through the laying on of my hands Paul is telling Timothy if you want to stay passionate you've got to be able to stir up the gift that is within you now here would be where I would go if I was listening to a speaker my question would go wait 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 are you saying we have to kind of work it up no that's not what I'm saying I'm not saying that our conviction is an emotional, let's, uh, let's have a real good shout, and a good little run, and a, a good little cheerleader session, and yes, let's go get it. That's not what I'm talking about because here's what we know. There are times in our life when emotion runs out and we need something stronger than a feeling. Are you there? We need something stronger than a feeling. So the question is, Rod, what does it take To stir up the fire of passion well let me just tell you a little boy scout trick here if you're gonna make a fire get back to flame you got to do two things you've got to add the proper fuel and create the proper conditions for the fire to keep burning I've got to add the fuel and I've got to create the proper atmosphere so what does that mean? So I've got these little body of coals here called my heart. And I've got to stir up the fire within me. I've got to add some fuel. Now in a natural setting, I've got to put some sticks on that. I've got to put some logs on that. But if I just throw them on there without creating the right atmosphere, I'll drown out the fire. And so I've got to poke those Coals, I might have to push them together and I might have to let the wind of my breath blow on those to get a little bit of a fire. And now I'm stirring up a fire that I can create a flame with. Are you following me? So maybe you're here this morning and you got some coals because you're a believer. But the passion's not there. I want to encourage you to stir up the fire. That's my job today, is to challenge you to stir up the passion for Jesus. And so we're going to take a little bit of a left-hand turn, just for a second, and we're going to go into a passage that everybody knows. I'm talking about folks that don't even go to church. They know. Psalms 23, verse 2. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the quiet waters. Leads me beside the still waters psalms 23 everybody basically knows that but now here's what this verse is telling us this verse has given us two ways or two fuels to stir up the passion within our heart it is green pastures and still waters green pastures and still waters that's what we're going to focus on this morning this is going to be where we rest today now pulling back the curtain being honest with you i'm doing a series on the 23rd psalm so i've got a little bit of background here that i want to share with you and i've enjoyed studying this the 23rd psalm talks about king david and his encounter with sheep and so here's something that I've learned about sheep since we're some of you are probably from farming backgrounds you may know this better than I sheep are skittish animals they're very timid they're always wanting to know what's going to happen on every side of them and here's something that I learned sheep are almost impossible to get them to lie down and rest unless they are free of four things And buddy, these would preach. I always tell our folks, a good Pentecostal preacher could take these and go for hours, okay? All right? So a sheep, in order to lie down, has to be free of fear, tension, aggravation, and hunger. Now, Bill probably could preach those probably better than I could. They have to be free from fear, tension, aggravation, and hunger. Now, we're going to focus on the hunger. That's going to be one of the things that we're going to look at. And so what am I saying to you? To feel your passion for Jesus, you must learn to allow the Holy Spirit to do what? To lead you to the rich, healthy forage of God's Word. Because it's in that place that you do what? You feel your spiritual stomachs. Let's look at two scriptures on that. Both of these you'll probably be familiar with. Deuteronomy 8, 3. He humbled you and he let you be hungry, and he fed you with manna, which you did not know, nor did your fathers know, that he might make you understand that man does not live by bread alone, but man lives by everything that proceeds out of the mouth of the Lord. Deuteronomy 8 is a word to you and I to say, listen, there is natural food, and you can do okay by that, but man will not make it. He will not survive. He will not flourish. He will not grow. In other words, he cannot be passionate unless he has another source of life, food, called the Word of God. Now, let me help you here. Most of y'all are smart enough to know this. There are two types of words that come to us. Okay, We've got the Logos word and we've got the Rhema word. The Logos word is this. This is the generic word that every believer has spoken to them. All of mankind has God's word. This is the Logos word. And with faith mixed in it, it can bring life. But now there's another word. There is the Rama word. What is the Rama word? It is that specific, timely, unique word for you, for the situation that you're in, to help you through that situation. Man cannot live by bread alone, but he has to live by the rhema that comes to him. He has to have that timely word. Think about it now. Think, think about it. Proverbs says this, that a timely word is like you know, gold in settings of silver. It's that encouraging word. Think about it when you're down and you're struggling and that person calls you and says, man, I was just thinking about you. Of course, now it's texting, you know. I was just thinking about you. Just wanted you to know that. That timely word that lets you know that God is hearing and people are connected, that is so needful in this hour. And so let's look at the next passage, Jeremiah 15, 16. Your words were found and I ate them. And your words became for me a joy and the delight of my heart, for I've been called by your name, O Lord, God of hosts. I want you to see in this scripture two interesting adjectives joy and delight. Joy and delight. Now, let me just be mean for a second. When you read your Bible, does that define your encounter? Does the Bible bring you delight? Does it bring you joy? Now, I'm not talking about emotions. I'm talking about a spiritual uplifting, a spiritual engagement, a spiritual boost, if you will. You see, what we're talking about here is how to have a passion-filled heart. What is it that I can engage through God that will give me an intense conviction that regardless of what's going on I push through I press through psalms 23 says that he leads me by the green pastures now maybe some of you've been to Israel my wife and I go there often and Uh, I study when I go, and it's so interesting. Typically, we go. Well, I've gone other times, but I've only taken my sweet wife in the summertime because most people don't like to go because it's so hot. That's my little inside thing. But everything's brown. And so on these, especially in the Judean desert, on these hills, they would call them mountains, but they're really hills, you see just this little bit of green in the mornings when the dew has fallen. And those bedouin shepherds they'll be out there and you'll hear them whistling or singing and they'll be walking along and you'll see these sheep behind them and they're leading their sheep to those little patches of green grass so that they can eat and be nourished now for me that represents life here is this desert and the struggles And yet the shepherd knows where to take them so they can get their fill of life. You and I are blessed in that we've got the Holy Spirit. And we've got the ability for the Holy Spirit to lead us to the places of green grass that we can partake of, that can fuel us, that will give us the passion that we need to go on in the life that God's called us to. And so, here's the thing I want you to hear. Once these sheep have their stomachs filled, then they will consider lying down. And what they will do, which we're going to come back to, they will lie down and they will ruminate. In other words, they will chew what they've eaten. And there's there's something uh, that I want to take you to there. Now... Let's talk about, just for a second, the negative aspect of this. Sheep that do not feast on the green pastures are uncontented and lack vitality. I want that to set on you for a second. Sheep that do not eat from green pastures, they kind of nub around in the soil and Try to find some roots to eat on. They're unfulfilled. They're uncontented. I think you're wise enough to catch. If you and I do not have the green pastures of God's Word that we feast on, if we spend too much time in other things and we don't get the good Word in our heart, we're uncontented. Now, can I, again, now, I want to love on you for a second, but here, here, here's something that you got to know about Rod. Let me just put a semicolon here. Rod is a teacher who pastors with a prophetic ability. So I'm not nice like Bill is, okay? I'm not the sweet, kind, loving, caring pastor like Bill and Peggy. I'm a little bit more poke-you-in-the-eye kind of a pastor, you know? She had too much coaching. I coached baseball for many, 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 many years. And um, I was the kind of guy, you know, when we had a baseball team and we had 100 guys come out and we could only keep 25, those first two days, me and the other coach, we'd say, we know how to, we'd say, all right, fellas, start running. And we'd run them to two or three of them fell out. Two or three of them got sick. And we knew that a third of them wouldn't come back the next day when we did that. And so we pushed them what am i saying i'm saying i want to push you a little bit because for me the thing that is hurtful as a pastor is to see believers who are uncontented and who lack vitality and have a passion for things other than god and we're misrepresenting the kingdom and we're misrepresenting god and and this whole thing, I'm not saying it's not a struggle. Man, I know it's a struggle. I've lived this long enough to know that being married and raising children and having grandchildren and pastoring a church and just living life is hard. It's hard. But it can be exciting and it can be a challenge. And somebody with my personality, I'm like, yeah, let's go. We have a discipleship program. I got a group that's still not convinced of this, Char. We had a new guy in our discipleship group. And uh, I always like to push him. And so this new guy, I said, get up, come out here. He came out. I said, drop down right there. And I said, let's do push-ups. And I just did did push-ups, and he kept up with me. We just kept going. We just kept going. We kept going. We kept going, and we got up. And he didn't come back after that. And uh, we had a group in our church that said, Rod, you ran him off doing stupid push-ups. Well, what they didn't know that there was something else going on and that wasn't the issue, but I couldn't divulge that part, but they made it think that I was trying to be macho and prove that I was better than him. And I said, no, that's not it at all. They said, you're in midlife crisis, man, that 25-year-old guy and you're in your 60s and you're trying to outdo him. What's wrong with you? I just smiled. Because what I wanted to demonstrate was this life is hard. And it takes sometimes a push to get through it. Are you here? Come on now. And so sheep that do not feast on the green pastures are uncontented and they lack vitality. And I like for us to be the kind of people that when people see us, they see in our eyes a fire that goes deeper than the stuff of this world. And so to stir up your passion, you got to feast on God's Word. Now the second thing we've already talked. To, we're going to talk about now is the proper fuel, other than the green pastures, is the still waters. You may or may not know this. Sheep will not drink from moving water, so the water has to be still in order for them to quench their thirst. And so the shepherd has to find. A place to where either there is a small stream that is still or he has to go to a moving stream and dig out a little crevice so that the water will come into it so that they will drink from it think about that in light of this verse John 7 Jesus said now on the last day the great day of the feast he stood up and he cried out saying if anyone's thirsty, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the Scripture said, from his innermost being will flow rivers of living water. Think about that. Think about Jesus saying, I want to bring you to a place called still waters that you can drink from, and it's in me. That's good. Now, are you Ready? I tell my folks, this is the moment to bring you your shin salve and start getting ready to rub it on. I gave you fair warning. Sheep who are thirsty become restless. And when sheep become restless, here's what they will do. They will set out in search of water to quench their thirst. And let me tell you what sheep will typically end up doing when they're thirsty. They will end up stopping at little polluted potholes in the trail that have water in them, but do you know what they also have in them? They have the urine of all the other sheep. They have the feces of all the other sheep, and they have parasites. Parasites. And so, when sheep don't follow the shepherd to the still waters, and they're a little obstinate, and they're a little hard headed, and they want to be their own, and they don't follow the shepherd, but thirst starts coming on them, they realize they've got to have something to drink, and so they'll go in search for themselves. And because of who they are, they don't have wisdom enough to know not to drink out of this polluted water that's got parasites. And so they'll stop and they'll drink and they'll get parasites. And here's the thing about those parasites. It takes a while for them to show up in their bodies. And so the shepherd may not know that they've gone wayward for a season, And got into polluted waters until they're already showing signs of the parasites that have been in them for a while. Are you ready, Bill? Here it is. I like this. Ecclesiastes 8. Because the sentence against evil deeds is so long in coming, people in general think that they can get by with murder. y'all see this verse you know what this verse is saying this is the verse that people who say well you told me that if I did such-and-such it cost me and I don't see that it's cost me anything let me help you let me help you this is a this is not in our our regular reading this is Psalms. And then I've got a word for somebody in the room, so Psalm 77. Well, let me know. It's Psalm 73. I was, let me back up Psalm 73. Psalm 73 is the whining of a righteous person looking at other people seemingly getting away with everything. And so the psalmist in 73 said in verse 3, "'For I was envious of the arrogant, and I saw the prosperity of the wicked. For there are no pains in their death, and their body is fat. They're not in trouble as other men nor are they plagued like mankind. Therefore, pride is their necklace, and the garment of violence covers them. Their eye bulges from fatness, their imagination of the heart run riot. They mock and wickedly speak of oppression. They speak from on high. They've set their mouth against the heavens, and their tongue parades through the earth. You know what he's saying, don't you? This is what he's saying. I work hard. I give it 70 hours a week. And them jokers in the back, they party. They're on break all the time. They're taking drugs in the bathroom. And they get a raise, and I didn't get a raise. And I tithe. I give my offering. Uh, Pastor Bill went to Nicaragua, and I gave an extra amount to that. And our transmission went out on our car. The church wanted me to serve in the nursery and I signed up for a month and my grandbaby got sick. Are are y'all here? That's what the psalmist is saying. But then verse 17, look what he says in verse 17 of 73. Until I came into the sanctuary of God, then I perceived their end you know what he saw he saw that those parasites that they got when they drank from the polluted water that they thought they were getting away with those parasites came home to roost and suddenly they were going to pay the price And then I love what he says at the end of this. Verse 28, but as for me, the nearness of God is my good. So here's the word that I've got for somebody in the room. I felt this when I was studying. Somebody in here has been drinking out of polluted waters and thinking they're getting away with it. And you've got some parasites that you need to get some help with. And the Holy Spirit is calling you to task today to ask God to help you. And so I just encourage you to seek out encouragement and counsel from your brothers and sisters in Christ. And uh, get you some Holy Ghost antibiotics so that you don't fall prey to a parasite. Can I get a witness? Now, a couple more things. Here is a really important principle about this whole thing of thirst. The devil will take advantage of a normal need. And we get in conviction about the desire when it's just normal. Can I help you? Let's look at the next passage. Luke 4. For 40 days, Jesus being tempted by the devil, he ate nothing during those days, and when he had ended that time, he became hungry. What was his need? What does this verse tell us his need was? What's the last word up there? He was hungry. Now I'm not setting you up. I'm just I want you to participate. Is being hungry a sin? Not at all. It's very normal. Is a desire to be loved a sin? No. Is a desire to have money, to pay your bills, a sin? No. But think about now in light of what we're talking about. Do you, you, you know what Luke 4 is, right? You know it's Jesus' temptation. And notice what happens now. He has a normal need, hunger. And Satan shows up and uses a normal need to try and bring him down. And Jesus was wise enough, passionate enough, his heart was right enough to be able to respond when Satan said, well, if you're hungry, just turn the rocks into bread. He said, listen, I eat from something else. I eat from God's Word. He quotes what we looked at, Deuteronomy 8.3. He says, "I've I've got bread that I eat. So what am I trying to say to you? Because you have needs doesn't mean that you're in sin. It means that you have a natural desire that you've got to direct toward God. And if you have a passionate heart, you have an intense conviction, you'll move that need toward him. And he will satisfy you. And you'll know what it feels like to be engaged with God. And so you can look at the world and go, nope, not interested. Don't need that drink, I drank from him. I don't need that love, I got his. Are y'all here? Do you hear me? I'm trying to help you understand that to have a passionate heart just means to have an intense conviction, and that conviction is I'm going to let Jesus meet my need when I'm in that place, and that causes the fire to keep burning. But now, too often we'll choose Jeremiah 2:13 For my people have done two evil things they've abandoned me the fountain of living water and they've dug for themselves cracked cisterns that can hold no water at all If we can say through the spirit of the prophet that Jesus is speaking he says listen You didn't come to me when I offered you water, and you tried to find your own polluted pothole, and you got involved in something that took you farther than you wanted to go, kept you longer than you wanted to stay, and cost you more than you wanted to pay. And so here's the thing, if you're not seeking To fuel the passion for Jesus, your need slash your thirst will lead you to polluted waters. But that's not you. I believe that you're here because you have a hunger for God. And if you have an inclination toward the polluted waters, the Holy Spirit's arresting you this morning saying, don't do it. Because those parasites will show up. Now, this is going to be a little condescending, but, you know, sometimes we get that teenage faith, you know, that teenage faith that says, I can get away with this. I can do this. My mom and daddy won't know. The teenagers can turn their ears off here for about 30 seconds. I learned that when my mom and daddy went to sleep, that they would talk to me, but they wouldn't know anything. And so at midnight, I'd go in there after they'd been asleep about an hour, and I'd say, Mama, Daddy, I'm going to go ride my motorcycle. Okay. Out the door I'd go, and I'd get on my dirt bike, and I'd go from here to Waxhaw on my dirt bike. I'd go through the woods. I'd come back about 4.30 in the morning, get in the bed and go to sleep. Every once in a while, my mama would say, Have you been riding that motorcycle? I said, Mama, I asked you if I could. And you told me, yes. See, that's teenage faith. Sometimes we we go to God and we say, Now, God, you know, I want a sign from heaven. If I'm not supposed to do, and you fill in the blank, I want the clouds to come over the sun right now. Okay, I guess I can go do it. you abandon the Lord and you go after your own water dig your own cistern you're gonna get you some parasites and it's gonna cost you and the last thing you should do when you do is get mad at God but that's not you right Jesus is calling you to the still waters this is gonna be our last scripture Matthew 11, 28. I love it out of the message. Are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me, get away with me, and you'll recover your life. And I'll show you how to take a real rest. Isn't that a wonderful verse? A real rest. So let's go back to the sheep and we'll finish. Sheep, when they have their stomachs full and they have their thirst quenched, will do something amazing. They will find shade, they will lie down and rest, and they will ruminate. And they'll chew that grass that they've eaten. They'll chew it and they'll chew it and chew it. And Bill, when I was studying this, I heard the Holy Spirit say this rest equals rumination. Meditation, I'll come back to that, equals revelation. Rest equals meditation equals revelation. When you are filled spiritually in your stomachs and your thirst is quenched, you're able to rest in the Lord. And I'm not talking about a physical thing, I'm talking about a spiritual and emotional thing. You're able to rest in the Lord you're able to set your mind and your affections on him, and as you meditate in him, you're ruminating what God's spoken to you, you get revelation. You get answers. You see the solution to the issues of life. And so this morning, if you are battling, maybe you haven't eaten in the green pastures or drank by the still waters, and you've not been able to rest. And so the Holy Spirit wants to call you to that place because in that place, your heart gets hot with passion for God. And so as I close, I want to say this to you. I implore you. Allow the Holy Spirit to lead you to the green pastures of His Word, to take you to the still waters of the Jesus, and let that spiritual fuel stir up your heart so you can have an intense conviction a passion a heart that's filled with a love for god to share with others amen let's pray father thank you so much for these sweet people and this sweet church i thank you for this wonderful staff and i ask holy spirit that today we would allow you to guide us and so while you're praying right now while you're praying I want to challenge you with this thought. Maybe you're here and you say, well, you know, I don't even know if I am a sheep of his pasture. I want to invite you to accept Jesus. Just in the privacy of where you're at, maybe you're watching, you could just say, Lord Jesus, forgive me of my sins. Cleanse me of all unrighteousness. I confess you now as my Lord and my Savior. If you've done that, let us know. Now, maybe you're here. You say, Rod, I don't know if my heart is hot for God. I don't know if I can sing the song of my heart cries for desire to passion and praise. I invite you to obey God and to respond to him. Give yourself to him today and say, God, lead me to the green pastures of your word. Show me the still waters of your spirit, and teach me how to follow after you. I bless you, I thank you, Father, for these sweet people. In Jesus' wonderful name, amen. Thank you, my friends. I want you to know it's been a pleasure to be here with you, and uh, your sweet pastors have been uh, a great encouragement. Robert and Darren have been a blessing to me, and, thank you for this time for us to be together. Bless you. Pastor Bill.
0: Amen. Praise the Lord. Good word. Amen. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Rod and Char. And you pray for them as they be going back this afternoon by way of Spartanburg and Greenville. They live in Georgetown, South Carolina, so near the coast. But thank you so much. And you know, you need me to take this word and what'd you call it? Rumination? Ruminate on it. We used to call it cow cutting the yes, chewing the cut yes. you know whatever <laughs> but um, you need to take and meditate on what's been said today because there's a lot of awesome word in that there's a lot of stuff in it. thank you Rod for bringing that word to us thank you guys for being here and you know God's got a lot of stuff in store for all of us yes, yes. you know and I think what we need to do is get ready to get that passionate filled heart in us so we can go and grab what needs to be grabbed we can go and you know you want to be able to do what God's called you to do you want to you know you're like I just want to go further in God well you got to do like Rod and, and it's fun it's not funny but it's awesome how God is because I a while back did that st- a study and it talked about the sheep you know and how like you said the, 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 the shepherd knows where to bring them to and, you know, we need to follow the sheep, the shepherd, excuse me. And we need to go and feed where they tell us to feed and drink where they tell us to drink and not, you know, just run off and find that little. You know, when I was a kid, some of you are probably like, oh, my goodness, are you still alive? When I was a kid, we used to play outside all the time. We didn't have TV hardly, so it wasn't a big thing. And uh, I was telling somebody one time, I said, all I wore was a pair of cut-off jeans. And we went barefooted. I could run through the woods. It didn't bother me or anything. Well, my grandma's dipped snuff. You know what snuff is. Nowadays, I think it's all different than that. But I would get her old cans, which were about that big, about that big round, and wash them out and fill them up with water. But if I ran out, I'd just go to a puddle somewhere and get me a, and drink it. So immune system is good if you build it up. <laughs> and mind stayed build up. You know, it's just like when we go to Nicaragua. They drink that water. We can't. Yes. We can, but ask Darren what happens when you drink the water. Um, you know, it's rough. So, so there's so much wisdom in that, and I just pray you'll go back and watch it again. Go online and on Facebook and click it on our website. Click back on it and, you know, meditate on that. Praise the Lord. Thank you guys for coming. Thank you Rod and Char, for coming and blessing us. Um, we are, um, you want to come, Darren's going to come up and we're going to take up another offering and then we're going to, he's going to tell you some stuff or our Robert will on. It's been a wonderful time in the Spirit. It's been a wonderful time in the Word of God. But let's look
1: forward to some of the things that are coming, some of the the events that we're going to be engaging with. Here in a couple weeks, we'll be participating.